0: Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy.
1: This is John Kerman and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Hi, this is PJ Butler and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. This is Kyle and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Hey, this is
0: Jim.
2: This.
0: Leaving a Legacy, got a mouthful of meat.
2: Um, <laughs> Oh wait, that's not what I meant. Don't put that on there.
1: Now we take you to the red room where round one parents have been posted. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy newbie today, and with me today I have uh, two excellent legacy players. Uh, firstly, Mr. Jeremy. What's up, buddy? Not much. How you doing, Pat? doing pretty well uh, returning to the cast which is nice to see yes i, I needed a little me time i needed a oh, little... I me time <laughs> <laughs> that's still my favorite like last name pun i think I've heard. It's so good i don't even do so it on good. purpose but <laughs> <laughs> it's just good it's just good a little me time a
3: little and me
1: time. Uh, so <laughs> and also with us on the call uh, fresh off a top 8 finish at uh, the Baltimore Open Mr. Thomas Smiley, what's going on, man?
0: Hey, absolutely wonderful to be on here. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> oh man, yeah. for, this is going to be fun. <laughs> gonna be oh one.
1: boy, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> First of all, thanks for coming on, man. Um, it was uh, it's great to have you. I know you were you helped me out in my chat last week when you were watching me stream and uh... that. Oh, that was so much fun.
0: <laughs> I actually, um, I uh, I listen to the cast all the time, and um, maybe maybe a month and a half ago. Uh Kelso sent me a Facebook message asking for like a, a little bit of a primer on the on the Bant deck cuz he was going to go take it to a tournament and play and like report back on it. So I was I was like pumped. I was like, "Yes, they're going to talk about it." And then he ended up playing Miracles and I was pissed <laughs> off for <but>, like <laughs> What a slap in the face. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks,
0: buddy. Hey,
3: I like your really cool and innovative deck that, you know, isn't really seen that much, but I'm going to play Miracles instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um it's um it's crazy. I uh I played Delver, like, for a super long time. I played Bant, like, forever ago. Um, and Top 8 and open, like, before Abrupt Decay. And as soon as they printed that card, Knight of the Reliquary just, like, couldn't live anymore. So I started playing Delver, and I played that, like, for years and absolutely loved it. But then, as Pat knows, they printed all of the Eldrazi cards. And, uh, (laughs) going into this summer, I just, I didn't want to play Delver anymore. Um, because I knew that that was going to be a deck that a bunch of people could pick up, and uh, I didn't want to get chaliced for one uh, all day, all day at tournaments. Mm-hmm. So um, so I found this deck, and I have absolutely loved it. It just, like, plays all of my favorite cards, <laughs> and since it, it's not super popular, nobody knows what's in it. So, like, Stifle comes out of nowhere, and, like, your board will end up being like Sylvan, Jace, Leopold and Deathright Shaman. Your opponents will just be like, "What? What is happening?"
3: <laughs> yeah, the What's two
0: going on right now.
3: The two of Stifle to put it in your opponent's mind, but it really doesn't come up all that often. But it gets you, gets you uh, so
0: bad. <laughs> so, um, so uh, I I pulled this list from from um, an online player. I have no idea who it was. Uh, but the person's name was Uncoman, Man, and um, I think Ann uh, Ann McCown found the same list. So when we went to Columbus, we both were playing it, and like we're we're from the same area, never met each other, and um, and he went five zero on Friday in one of the grinders, and I went nine zero on day one, and a bunch of like like people who knew both of us were like, you guys are like playing band, and you're from the same area, you guys should talk to each other. So <laughs> that's that's how that's how we started to work on the deck but um but he put the idea in my head to play stifle he's like um it hits all of the things that you want to hit with spell pierce plus it hits more like you can just wasteland somebody out with stifle you can hit a mom trigger when you're trying to get um, your jIT active mm-hmm. or they're like try to block and give it protection from whatever and you stifle that and then they they just lose everything um, and it hits the miracles triggers too which is which is the big part um
3: it also it doesn't it, yeah, it doesn't just kill fetch lands <laughs> It also hits everything in Sneak and Show As I found out when I versed Ian McCown In the finals of the uh, the Legacy GPT <laughs> When he just blew me out with Stifle <laughs> I heard that you guys had
0: That you guys had camera Like video of that
3: It that is, I, it's, on the, uh, it's on the Facebook group Is it not? Yeah, if oh, you dig for it, it's
0: definitely down there we'll have, to, right, uh, we'll
3: have to bump that to the top of the uh, the Facebook wall I'm going gonna, to I'm
0: gonna go
3: back camp. and look at that later today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a, that was an awesome game. I love playing against Bant and also playing Bant. I, I actually played Bant uh, probably about two years ago. I won like a Badlands with it. Um, but I love it because it's like the stereotypical game of Magic. Like, what you think of, like, the, the textbook definition of how Richard Garfield intended magic to be. You play some creatures, you have a little removal, you have a little interaction, everybody has a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's... It is
0: textbook, because, like, when you go back to, like, the old school list, like, I've been playing forever. I started in Revised, and, like you used to be able to play games where you like play like a turn one bird of paradise and you're like yeah i'm so far ahead (laughs) um and then when they printed mana leak it was like it's the same thing so the cards got way better um but you're still you're playing a fair game of magic and the fact that the deck can perform that well in a format like legacy um just really does mean that you can still play regular magic in a format like that
3: Right, I feel Bant has kind of taken over the slot uh, Esper has had for a long time, of that like really fair mid range deck that has game against like the entire format. Like you don't yeah. you don't outright crush anyone, but you also are never locked out by any matchup.
0: Well, I think especially with the printing of True Name. Uh, um, a lot of the a lot of the creature decks you just crush like they they just don't have an answer to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and obviously Esper Esper is a good build, um, but it, for different reasons. Basically, the main swaps are uh, Thoughtseize for Noble Hierarch, mm-hmm. and um, you you get to play Days because you have so many mana dorks. So just getting ahead on mana in the early turns of Legacy games is just so important. Um, and with cards like Deathright and Noble Hierarch that aren't super dead in the late game, you can get away with being a faster version of the Esper deck.
3: Mm-hmm. You just power out those those insane plays. Like Some of my favorite plays with it is like turn 1 Noble Hierarch, turn 2 True Name Nemesis, turn 3 uh, play st- like a Stoneforge Mystic, or even just outright play an Equipment and Equip it if it's like a jet.
0: Yeah, you can, you can, like, go Dork, True Name, Jit, Equip, and Swing all on the second turn, and you can have Day's Backup for it, too, which is, like, obviously it's one of the best draws for the deck, but that's very hard for a lot of things to beat.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of, it gets into this, like, steamroller mode, uh, where you just get the perfect curve out, and you just run away with the game.
0: Yep. Um, and even though I'm not playing, like, a full playset of Ponder, the deck is, like, very redundant. Um, a lot of the cards that are in there sort of fill the same role. So it doesn't matter if you have the turn run Deathrite or Noble Hierarch. Um, it doesn't matter too much if you follow it up with a Stoneforge or a True Name. Um, and any of the counter spells that you have to back it up, just is just icing on the cake.
3: Yeah, definitely. So let, let's run down kind of your creature suite here. So you're running 16 creatures in total. Uh, yep. Seven of which are Mana Dorks.
0: Yeah, so I mean... Deathrite, sh- like, I have four Deathrite Shaman, and there's kind of, um, there are people th- who disagree, because um, I go on the source and I post a little bit about, like, what, um, what my builds are and what I'm planning on changing, um, and it's like a 50-50 split with people who want four Noble Hierarch and four Deathrite Shaman,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I think that Deathrite Shaman is just the better magic card, so I have four of those. They are insane. Um, there's a reason why it's banned in Modern, and, um, it's one of the best turn one legacy plays uh, I, I've played Delver for a while, and I enjoy playing a turn one death Deathrite in this deck more than I played a turn one Delver in the, uh, in the other ones.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it, even looking at, like, the Grixis decks, it shows that when they're running, uh, true na- uh, sorry, when they're running Delver of Secrets and Death Deathrite Shaman, almost always it's correct to play out the turn one death Deathrite Shaman over the turn one Delver, because it just... Yeah, spe- mm-hmm.
0: Oh, especially if you have something like a, like a young Pyromancer where that extra mana that you get on turn two is going to let you just cascade all of um, all of the tokens.
3: Right, so it, it makes sense that that kind of uh, carries over to this deck, where just a turn one Death Ray challenge is one of the most powerful things you can do. Um, so yeah, that, so, that's, so you're running four Death Ray, three Noble Hierarch. Um, the yep. no, nobles are no slouch either. Yeah,
0: I mean, um, they, they carry equipment. Like, if you get into a grindy game... Um, with a deck that's pass- like packing a lot of removal, um, whether it's Liliana or um, Bolt Snapcaster, whatever, uh, they pick up equipment really well. Mm-hmm. And when you draw multiples of them, uh, they can definitely start doing some work. Like you can have True Names swinging for for uh, for five, and batter Skulls swinging for six. It's it's great.
3: Uh, also, one of my favorite, uh, like, niche interactions with it is with Ensnaring Bridge. If you play against, like, Tezzerator or uh, deck running yep. Ensnaring Bridge, Noble Hier- Hierarch has zero power, it attacks, gets under the Ensnaring Bridge, and then Exalted kicks in.
0: Yep, and then you get your Jit triggers, so the right. next time you do the same thing, and then it's like, it's like an 8-9.
3: Yeah, so it's like, nice bridge, just hit you for five.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, I have definitely done that before. <laughs>
3: Uh, and then, so, getting into the win conditions a bit here, we got four Stoneforge Mystic.
0: Yep. um, um mm-hmm. the card, card is great.
3: <laughs> good card is good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, so, Stoneforge Mystic is finding, uh, a single Umazawa's Jit, a Sword of Fire and Ice, no Batterskull, unless it's not, I'm missing it completely. Oh no, yes, nope. there it is. There it's is in one Batterskull. Reading is yep. difficult. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, they, uh, I really like uh, the sword. Obviously, like Jet and Battle Scholar mainstays in all of the Stoneforge Mystic packages, um, but Sword of Fire and Ice has been an MVP. It just the the fact that it triggers to draw you a card helps out in the combo matchups. Um, it's probably the best equipment against Miracles. It sees a ton of play, and um, I find myself going for that first. Um, unless i really need the life gain or um need to stick a creature
3: yeah yeah i almost feel i'm seeing less and less batter skull like before everyone was just like get batter skull it's the best equipment out there but now people are kind of really putting their thought into which equipment they need for the situation
0: yep it's um it's tough when um when they're they're Matches where it's definitely right to get batter skull, but if your Stormforge forge gets removed, then that batter skull is just going to rot in your hand for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. So there's um, there's a balancing act going into when you when you want to get batter skull, but it's still correct to get jit because you can hardcast it and it might be relevant later on in the game. Right. So, but anyway, like any of those equipments getting um, like being able to pick them up for free is is great. Yeah. So.
3: Because, I mean, worst case scenario is they don't remove your Stoneforge Mystic and you just put Jit on your Stoneforge.
0: <laughs> yeah, that it's a it's a good feeling just to have an equipment on anything because the equipments are so good um, oh, yeah. that it doesn't matter if it's a Hierarch that's swinging in with it.
3: Yep. And what I think is probably the biggest reason for running the deck uh, compi- uh, combining with the Stoneforge Mystic is a full playset of True Name Nemesis. Dear Lord, that's I, terrifying. Uh, <laughs> i'm Not messing around. <laughs>
0: I have loved this card ever since it was printed. I um I played the uh Blue White Red Delver um deck for a while and it, it had it had a true name in there as a two of. And like um anytime you put an equipment on True Name Nemesis, that's when you're playing Unfair Magic with this deck. And I know it's like it's an artifact equipped to a creature, but um but it gets silly. Uh <laughs>
3: Have you ever had the unholy trinity of all three equipment attached to a true name?
0: Yeah. So okay. So uh, this actually this weekend, um, in round, shoot, uh, it was on day one. I want to say it was round seven. Um, I played against Metalworker, and uh, it's kind of a scary matchup. And I was playing, uh, playing game one. He played turn two metal worker off of a cavern. I didn't have a source to plow shares, so he just like he just started to dump stuff. Um, and it was all off his metal worker, he had a low land count. He played Platinum Angel, he played um played Wormcoil Engine, he played a Trinosphere. Uh, so um so I ended up at two while he was at uh, fifty three. <laughs> Reasonable. Alright. Reasonable. Yep. So I wasteland his last his only land. So he's locked under Trinosphere. Uh, kill his Metalworker, and play True Name. Uh, I can't remember how I dealt with the Platinum Angel. I think that I might have swords that too. Like, I drew a Brainstorm and then double swords, and the True Name just locked up the ground. He didn't draw any land, locked under Trinisphere, and I got a Stoneforge Mystic, which got a batter Batterskull, um, and then I think I just drew the other two equipment. So that game ended with me going from uh, two-life... And him at 50-something to the other way around, I ended it with Jit, Batterskull, and <laughs> Sword on my true name, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah,
3: especially Batterskull on on true name. It's like, oh, your true name now has vigilance. That's like one of the biggest things is because so many times you play the true name to stabilize, and you can't get in there for the points of damage. But yeah, throwing the batter skull on there, just like yep, I get to have my cake and eat it too. <laughs> yep,
0: nice, nice, Mag Angler. Yeah, <laughs> take take seven. Uh,
3: there's there's actually a picture of me on the Wizards homepage, buried somewhere in their archives, of me in a, the middle of a match with a uh, with a true name nemesis, with sword of fire and ice, Umizoomi's jit, and uh, batter skull, and just my wow. opponent just looking so <laughs> sad, <laughs> so sad.
0: <laughs> yep, that I yeah. I don't scoop many games of Magic, but if I was playing a deck uh, that couldn't deal with that, I would probably just scoop that up.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, big reason to play the deck right there. And going into the spicy fun of, we got a single Leovold Emissary of Trust. So,
0: uh, when I saw this card get spoiled, I was like, I I don't care whether or not it's good. I'm going to test it a little bit, and I'm going to play it regardless if it's good i'll play more than one copy but um but it's so flexible and it does so much and worst case scenario is you pitch it to force of will so like um in the tournament i was playing against elves and i i don't think he like fully read leovold Mm -hmm. um and he was um bouncing some of his creatures end step each turn with um symbiote um to be able to try to go off on a glimpse so he's like, oh, I just need to need to need to draw the glimpse, and I was like, yeah, glimpse would be really good right now. So- <laughs> you could
3: resolve it to an effect. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so he draws, and his eyes light up. It's like like a kid. It's like a kid on Christmas, and he taps a forest and he plays it, and he's like, glimpse, and I like I put my my head in my hand, and I'm like resolves, and then he, he's like, oh, he just slow
2: rolling he the goes, poor boy. He goes to he goes
0: to play his creature, and I sort of like. I like tossed Leovold at him and like pointed to the bottom line. He's like, "Oh, oh, oh, uh,
3: can't draw more than <laughs> one card." That, it was a good moment. Oh man, <laughs> that's brutal. I I still need to pick up my Leovolds. I'm really kicking myself for not buying them when they're five when they were five dollars.
0: Yeah, I um I was lucky. I I got all the copies that gaming gaming etc had uh, when I went to play over the summer. Like. I teach and gaming, etc. is like an hour and a half drive if I drive during rush hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got out there to play a few times this summer, and they had three copies, so I have my three.
3: Ugh. Snagged them. <laughs> yep. I'm. <laughs> um, I'm actually looking. They're out of stock on Star City right now at thirty and thirty dollars. is <sighs> ridiculous. Jesus. Um, guess how much Jesus, foils are. The foils, foils are like are like
0: three hundred, right?
3: uh i, I not maybe i mean it's out of stock at 150 so who knows what it, what it's okay. at they don't update the prices once they go out of stock
0: yep i uh i heard i heard people talking about how they thought that it was going to end up being a 300 hundred dollar foil yeah. because not only is it great in legacy um that's like one of the best commander generals you can have now too
3: right oh yeah it's it's definitely like the Dak Faden chase foil of conspiracy too like, just how Dak Faden was, uh, foils were, like, $400 when Conspiracy 1 came out, uh, because it was a vintage all-star, <laughs> and vintage players go figure like their pimp.
0: <laughs> yep. Well, that just means it was is gonna reprint Level soon anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe it's better
1: you don't have them. <laughs> I feel like the card is place to fall, though, because right now, like, the market price is $23, and the buy list price is, like, 681 the buy so list is some... six eighty one. Yeah, I think that ha- I think that card has somewhere to fall there personally. Yeah. Well,
0: I it spiked it spiked hard. Uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago, and then a little bit more after. Mm-hmm. But you can't find them anywhere, and people want them. So even if the buy list is only at six dollars, I think that the buy list is going to have to come up to meet that instead of the comping.
1: I think, so. I think but, that they're just not aggressively buying them right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, i've been looking
3: for them i haven't i don't want to like order them online but every time i'm in a shop i'll always check the case for them and i haven't seen them in any shops Hmm.
0: stores just might be scared of buying too many of them because conspiracy is still in the print run yeah Um, and i think as soon as that's done then that card has some some room to move Mm
3: -hmm. also wizards has been kind of trigger happy with the reprinting of unique cards lately Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, you get a reprint, and you get a reprint, and you get a reprint. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Leovald's pretty sweet. Uh, you got Jace better than all, two of them, in your Planeswalker slot. No- another big reason I love uh, playing this deck is because I just love resolving Jace, and I especially <laughs> love resolving Jace turns earlier.
0: Yeah, being able to ramp into him is great, uh, but in... With the way that the format shakes out now, that that's a card that I've considered dropping the number on. Like, uh, it gets pitched to force a lot. There's not a lot of chances that you have to resolve it. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's a case that could be made to playing like one Jace and two Ponder to um, to streamline the deck a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Just um, so it doesn't you don't get as many clunky hands.
3: Yeah, lots of people are talking about that. I mean, there's the aggro miracles list that dropped Jace completely. Um, Jace has just kind of fallen out of favor a bit in the meta. Just, there's, it's just real aggressive right now. It's hard to keep him alive.
0: Four, four mana is still a lot.
3: Yeah, when with Eldrazi and Grixis has a pretty easy time of killing Jace, and with those two decks being two of the most popular decks in the format, it's, it's, it's hard to keep a Jace on board. I would agree with that. Uh, so, jumping over to the rest of the deck... Uh, so we already covered the equipment uh we got four brainstorm four days four four wealth. that seems pretty standard for a blue deck
0: <laughs> i uh I don't think that I've played a deck without that package in a very long time just <laughs> bra- when you when you cast brainstorm you just have like this feeling that everything is gonna be okay and <laughs> you you can't you can't cast four brainstorm in any other format and it's sad so that's why I love legacy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> gotta set those brainstorm free. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and so, kind of touched on this earlier, got the spicy two-of package of Stifle.
0: Just, yeah, I I really like that card. Um, I, it's, yeah. it's been so good for me, and maybe it's just um, observation bias uh, because I want it to be good and then I notice when it's good, but there's so many situations in Legacy that have relevant triggers other than just stifling a fetch land that um that really make it way more flexible um than it used to be Mm -hmm. so
3: yeah i i I can see what you're saying as far as like observation bias because when stifles good it's so good like backbreakingly good
0: (laughs) the the feeling when you stifle a fetch land and you still have a wasteland and your opponent doesn't have any permanence it's that like those aren't the best legacy matches to play because there's no back and forth. You just, you win. But (laughs) if, if your goal, if your goal is to do well, the card is very good.
3: Right. And then also stifle lends itself to these like insane Hail Mary plays where your storm player storms off with like 50, 50, uh, storm on the stack and you just stifle the storm trigger. (laughs) Uh, so, so I have a story.
0: Um, I, uh, I went to Syracuse this summer to um, to play Magic when the SCG was up there, um, and I played in the classic on Sunday, and uh, I ended up I ended up top eighting and was playing my semifinals match. Have no idea what the person who I'm playing against is on, but I'm the higher seed, and um, and I'm on the play, and I play my uh, Tropical Island in the Noble Hierarchy, and I have a turn two true name and I have a, a daze to back it up, and everything everything is looking great. Uh, and there was a stifle sitting in my hand, too. My opponent's on Belcher, and on his first turn, he ends up making 12 goblins through my daze. And that was the worst feeling of having stifle, because it was in my hand. I couldn't cast it.
3: <laughs> you should have tapped out, man! <laughs> I know! I like
0: The whole time that I was watching it happen, and I was like, this is really... This is real life right now. Like I have a <laughs> stifle in my hand, and I'm going to lose to these goblins
3: <laughs> and I uh, dead. Oh man, can't win them all. <laughs>
0: no, no, you can definitely not.
3: Yep. Um, so, uh, removal for the deck—probably one of the best removal cards ever printed in the history of Magic. We got four swords to plowshares.
0: Yeah, um, it's great. Even when you have the swords of dark depths, a uh, merit age. Uh, and they gain 20 life, you're still happy because you're not dead.
1: Better better than dying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: And it's also... uh, Delver decks have a harder time running Swords to Plowshares. That's kind of why I was never a big fan of uh, the Patriot Delver lists because they they want to win the game as quickly as possible where you mm-hmm. you can afford to set up for the the later mid to you know outright late game you're okay giving yeah. your opponent a little life
0: yeah the um so i actually i played the like the just guy list i, I basically played owen uh owen turnwall's list um and i played it at the same grand prix that he ended up winning it was like dc in 2014 that was a while ago um but that Delver list compared to like the Bug and Rug Delver list had it had more mid game. You're mm-hmm. playing Stoneforge Mystic and um you could you could sort of take the same plan with the true name plus equipment in that Delver list. And um, the removal was actually pretty good because you had swords and bolt too. So I like I like it in that list. But there's a reason why there isn't like a bant delver list. It's just because swords isn't good enough removal in that shell.
3: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, and then the one of Ponder. Just one. Just one. It's it's switched back and
0: forth. Like, uh, the Planeswalker package in the Leovold has, like, has been trimmed to have another Ponder. It's a really good card, and I wish that I could fit more into the deck. Um, but I think it's either one or two, and I'm, I'm pretty sold on one right now.
3: Mm-hmm. And the Miracles Killer. We got one Sylvan Library rounding off. The deck.
0: It's the best, the best. Like <laughs> when when you have a Sylvan in your hand and you know that your life total is not being pressured, the card just literally <laughs> says draw draw three extra cards during your draw step. It's like
3: would you filter a bunch? Yeah, would you like two ancestral recalls?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I'll check, check that box. Yeah,
3: and then you start gaining life with Batterskull. It's like, yep, I'll take some more. <laughs> <laughs> um mana base only 19 lands I mean supplemented by the seven mana dorks but that's that's kind of light for uh you know trying to resolve some four drops
0: um mm. it is and the mana base it's solid but it's really greedy um <laughs> I <laughs> know <it's> I, super...
3: <laughs> I, I I sleeved up your list and played it at gaming etc one time and I got so frustrated because I kept getting mana screwed
0: <laughs> uh, um you, you have to be very careful with your fetches. Uh, I've screwed up a few times with like um, fetching Tundra and then Tropical Island, when I should have fetched Tundra, Tundra, so one wasteland couldn't take me off Stoneforge Mystic. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the mana dorks, and the fact that um, the, the decks that want to wasteland you, um, like Lands and Delver, you can get ahead of the mana development with your dorks early. So when they wasteland you, you're setting them behind further because you still have access to mana where they don't. So when you follow up with your own wasteland, you can put them further behind. Um, it's definitely come back to bite me uh, when you get like when you um, keep a lowland hand, play your dork, it gets bolted, and then you get wastelanded, um, and then they daze your counterspell on the on the bolt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I found that I, I think. That the fact that all eight of the fetch lands fetch every dual land um, makes the mana base like surprisingly resilient. Even though I'm only running 19 land.
3: Yeah, my problem with it, I kept finding myself uh, drawing like opening hands of like tundra, underground sea, wasteland, noble Hierarch, true name nemesis, some other stuff, and I'd be like, "Come on, <laughs> let me yep. just let me just get these out."
0: Uh, uh the 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 deck it it does that and actually the um the the game two of the top eight i um i mulliganed twice my first my first hand was like basically all the cards you named but the two lands were wasteland wasteland mm-hmm. um and then the next one was um was underground sea with noble Hierarch yeah. and uh and that doesn't
3: work either yeah. But the deck certainly can be very resilient. I remember when we played each other in the 1K that was at Gaming yep. Etc a couple months ago. Uh, I was on the Punishing Thing in the Ice list, and I went like Wasteland, Punishing Fire, your mana dork, Lightning Bolt, your mana dork, Punishing Fire, your mana dork, and you still got ahead of me in mana.
0: <laughs> I um yeah, I don't know, I don't know how that happened, but I I remember the end of that game. And I think you resolved to Jace. And I had, like, um, uh, aethos one Candidus with a sword of fire and ice.
3: Yep. And I was just
0: like, <laughs> you have one spell that you can cast and i have my force of will so let's wrap this up (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) i was just like i i don't understand like i i kept like the it was like game two or three i knew what you were on i kept like a super heavy removal hand and it just like not enough (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah so just to let our listeners know so we got four flooded strand four polluted delta for the fetch lands. Uh, one Scrubland, three Tropical Island, two Tundra, one Underground Sea, and four Wasteland. Pretty neat and tidy mana base.
0: Yeah, um, I I think that not, like, as soon as you add a basic, a lot of people ask me why I don't play a basic forest to be able to fetch and then play my, my mana dork without the threat of being wastelanded, and... To play the basic forest, you have to completely change the fetch land package, yeah. which makes the mana base less consistent. Even though you have the basics, so so that's why I don't.
3: Right, and I mean, chances are that you're going to be able to land a mana dork before your opponent lands that blood moon, uh, so you, you can kind of get a get away with it.
0: Yeah, there are there are a lot of games where um, where you've already stuck your threat before the blood moon resolves. So if you're if you're sitting with some permission and you know that your opponent has only one or two outs to true name you can let the blood moon like you can let it resolve it's not the best case scenario but um but i've definitely done that a few times Mm -hmm. especially playing a gaming etc. when they're like there are two people who just try to chalice and blood moon you on turn one so you have to be (laughs) you have to be ready for that
3: yeah, well, I mean, that's what happened in that game. You mentioned where you had the sworn Canonist with the Sword of Fire and Ice. In that game, I had Blood Moon in hand, and I'm just like, I'm not going to play it because it's not <laughs> going to do anything right here. <laughs> it takes him off mana for the rest of the game, but he has a really scary beater with Force of Will backup, so it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> I um, Yeah, I like I like those games. Blood Moon, Blood Moon is really tough to beat, if obviously, if you're not ahead on board, because you can cast Batterskull and your equipment, and that's it. Right, right.
3: So, kind of looking towards the field, what uh, what decks are you kind of looking to dodge uh, when you're going into a tournament?
0: So, um, there are two matchups that uh, everybody says that they're fifty fifty, but I don't, I don't think they are. I feel like the band deck's slightly unfavored, and that's shardless bug and miracles, and it's a large percentage of the field. Um, but I would rather play against any of the other decks uh, because I feel like my matchup is much better. Uh, Miracles has Blood Moon, um, and they have Terminus, which is which is a house against this deck. Um, and Shardless Bug um, is resilient enough to be able to play their um, their threats, and uh, I can't stop Abrupt Decay, um, so it's it's a very hard time. In the post-sideboarded games, when they have like Toxic Deluge and Abrupt Decay, probably Golgari Charm, um, and they have more removal than I have threats.
3: Mm-hmm. They just kind of outgrind you.
0: Yep, um, Ancestral Visions and Liliana and um, and him. Him is really tough too. Uh, him doesn't play well with Stoneforge Mystic, and uh, and a lot of the times if you don't get one of those tempo starts where you're like Manadork threat. Counter your stuff, then um, then you just end up losing a sort of grindy long game that they're better at.
3: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And what's the uh, the second deck?
0: Uh, miracles. So, I've I've had success against it, but um, there are a lot of cards that are in that deck that are very scary. And since they can play counter spell and spell pierce and force of will, your um, your conditional counter spells like days. Don't do as much when they're trying to resolve their Blood Moon or their Terminus. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yep. Um, everything else, I I I'm happy when I sit down across from it. Even even lands. Um, Leovald makes that matchup so much fun. like
3: <laughs> Yeah, because it, it shits all over Rashad and Port. It just makes uh, Rashad and Port, Port a joke.
0: <laughs> uh, Port, Punishing Fire, Wasteland, like, whatever they're doing, you're like, yep, I'll just draw all these cards and then I'm going to play my lands.
3: Well, it's basically like Rashad and Port, get, Port turns into, uh, target opponent's land becomes a library of Alexandria and turn to London,
0: <laughs> And you can even float the mana, too. I know,
3: right? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, Leval's real great in that matchup.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think I played against Land's four times in uh in at the SCG. Wow. It was yeah, it was everywhere. Um and I was really fortunate. Uh but I I don't mind playing that matchup. Nice.
3: So, what uh what was the Dragon Slayer in top 8? What what took you down?
0: It was uh it was Charles.
3: So
0: actually um the, the person who I played against, uh, John Orr, yes. plays the gaming, etc. as well. Uh, and um, maybe maybe two months ago, there was the World Magic Cup qualifier mm-hmm. that um, we actually ended up playing each other pretty deep into the tournament, and he just crushed me. I was on Bantel Drazi, and he was on Living End, and um, we finished our match in, I don't know, seven minutes. Uh, he beat me on turn three in game one. I mulled the five, and then he beat me on turn four in game two. So before the judges were done passing out the match slips, we just started, we started playing Legacy, and I was playing my band deck, and he was playing Charlotte. So, so the judge gets to the end of the table to drop the slip off, and like, I have a true name in play, and he has a Liliana that he's activating, and he's like, you guys need to hold on. And we're like, what? Like, what? Why? (laughs) Why? and um him,
3: but, Solaring go yeah we, uh,
0: we actually we actually played two games <sighs> there and the two games we played at the WMCQ were way better than the top 8 games i um i lost two very short games to Shardless where uh i wasn't able to stick a threat and then as soon as it gets to turn 4 or 5 everything that they play is more powerful than the cards that i have mm-hmm. and uh and the game showed it so he w- he went on to win and uh and that's great so um so i'm happy for him i think that was his first win yeah but that was that was what took me out nice
3: yeah john john's a good guy i guess if you have to lose to anyone he's uh he's a good guy to lose to
0: yes definitely
3: uh uh, we're actually we're gonna have him on the cast next week to uh talk all about shardless bug but awesome yeah. yeah he um
0: he can talk about master i'll i'll save i'll save the Shard. Let's talk for him but he he had some spice he had some spice in his list
3: oh yeah he's he's wrecked me at gaming etc with his spicy master of the wild hunt <laughs>
0: yep that's that's the one
3: uh, I, I saw uh... i saw the picture from like the scg website and he's just holding up the trophy and a master of the wild hunt card <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's a that's a sneak peek for next week <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that will be fun.
3: Yeah. Um, did you have any other tough matches uh, in the Swiss? Uh, what was kind of like one of the, some of the hardest matches you went up against?
0: Um, so in the Swiss, I, I lost I lost two matches. Both of them were on the first day. Um, in round seven, I played against Jake Mondello. He's um, pretty, <laughs> a pretty good player from the Northeast who I played before. Uh, and He was on four-color Delver. Uh, no young pyromancer, but he had Bolt. And he played Tarmogoyf um, along with like the Threat Package, um, and I got Game One. Uh, he got Game Two, um, and I was on the playing Game Three, and I kept a land light hand <laughs> that, as long as some things happened, was just going to be amazing.
3: <laughs> That's the trap, man. Yeah. It always gets so- you. <laughs> If I just draw oh, X, Y, and yep. Z, this is the greatest hand. Right.
0: <laughs> so it was, uh, it was Force, Ponder, Deathrite, Trop, uh, Stoneforge, and Batterskull.
3: Oh, there was man. one other
0: card that I can't remember what it was. That's but so uh, tough. I played my, played my Trop into Deathrite. Yep. Um, and uh, he fetched and bolted my Deathrite, and I didn't force because I was just going to play my Ponder next turn to dig for land if I didn't draw one. Uh, bricked on the land and then cast ponder uh, and he looked at me for a minute and then he dazed it oh. um, and then I I didn't draw I didn't draw another land uh, for a few turns actually the two missing cards my openers were both sorts of flash so I was I was figuring if I was able to hit a white source then I have the stone forge is a threat and then a bunch of removal um, but i I lost with no lands
3: uh, it's that's so rough I learned to stop keeping those hands because one of my best friends Dan is a pox player. And so I, am forced to play test against Pox all the time, and there have been way too many games where he goes Swamp Go, I go my only land Deathrite Shaman. All I need to do is top deck another land, and then he goes Land <laughs> Smallpox, kill your land and your Deathrite, <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> yep, that,
0: that is absolutely what that card would say. Um, uh, I. I I think that just because I'm playing such a greedy deck, I play extra greedy. Like, if you're going to win, then you have to sort of win with those hands. If they have the removal and wasteland, then you need to be fortunate enough to draw another land. And I think that if I that hand would have been fine if I drew a land in the first two turns, I might have been able to to come back, but <laughs> but it didn't it didn't work out.
3: Uh, I I want to get you a uh, a foil Batterskull token of uh, Gordon Gecko. Just saying, green. Is <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that would be great. Yeah, I teach I teach finance in high school, and I try not to like pass that on. To the kids because that's like that's not what you want to be teaching in public schools but we work with uh yeah i mean when my when with, the
3: clients come over i have to take down my gordon gecko posters
0: <laughs> <laughs> we um we do a uh, like sort of an investment competition where the winners get to um to go to dc for an award ceremony and the uh the organization pays for everything we've we finished in the top 10 like two of the last three years and like that's what I try to teach them for the contest, so I can go on a free trip. But, but
3: that's that's I guess awesome. Sort of into magic. I wish yeah. my high school had finance. Jeez. Yeah, I um like that's I'm actually well, a relevant skill. It. Yeah,
0: it's um it's great. Um, and I've had a bunch of students who graduated came back to talk to me after, and they're like, "That is probably the best class I took because all of the stuff you do, it's actually relevant to the real world." And a lot of the other classes have to like have to sort of fudge it like you'll be happy that you have this skill later on in life
3: i'm just like yeah
0: like you need to pay your bills so yeah here you go kid i
3: I distinctly remember like a sixth grade algebra teacher being like well if you ever wanted to measure the shadow of a tree without using a ruler you're going to be sure glad you learned the pythagorean theorem like no no i don't ever want to know that (laughs) (laughs)
0: well if you're ever thinking about keeping a one-lander with a death right yeah the probability that you're gonna get bolted yeah
3: that would have been way more relevant i would have sat right up in statistics if he had said it like that (laughs) but uh yeah that's awesome i i i'm really glad to hear that uh the high school is it it's a high school
0: yeah i uh i teach uh at lynn english it's a public high school it's a very large number of kids um but I'm a math teacher, but they actually they sponsor the finance classes in the math department, so um, so I get to uh, I get to teach a few of those, and I nice. I love it.
3: Awesome. Any of your kids know about your secret hobby? Yeah. So um, so I. We're talking I, about uh, magic, not what you do on yeah.
0: the weekends. <laughs> no, they, they don't know about the other. Things. Ah, okay, but, good, um,
3: good. <laughs> uh,
0: but there are a bunch of kids in the school that have like a card game club. Um, and like a board game club so they come to my classroom to play to play chess and to play Pokemon and like whatever other games they do. <laughs> um, but last year last year there are a few kids who, who actually played magic like wanted to play a little bit more competitively and um, I don't know any players in the school now but last year there were there were two that graduated and uh, and I worked at Grand Prix Providence a few weeks ago and I saw both of them show up to play. So that was that was kind of great. Awesome.
3: Sorry, when you said Pokemon, it gave me some PTSD. I went to uh, Pandemonium this <laughs> week to play in their Legacy event on Thursday. Oh. And at the same time as Legacy was going on, there was a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament and a Pokemon tournament. <laughs> oh. So there's these, like, 20... Uh, you know, twenty-something guys playing Legacy in a sea of middle schoolers <laughs> playing Yu-Gi-Oh in Pokemon. and Pokemon. I just uh, like it smelled so bad. It's like these kids <laughs> had not discovered deodorant yet.
0: <laughs> I um, yeah, there's nothing. I I worked at a card store for a little bit as like a part time part time thing just because I enjoy being around being around games. And uh, the Legacy tournament that I used to run was on Pokemon Day 2. So it used, to be, <laughs> it used to be people with $2,000 decks playing against, like, a little kid... Who has to like pull himself up to the table with his little tokens and his mom standing behind him? Oh, and... uh,
3: I love it with like the parents—the parents giving dirty looks at the legacy players because it's like, what are you thirty-something-year-old dude hanging out with my nine-year-old are son? How you
1: supposed to outgrow this? <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> and then you and then you show them your deck that's worth more than their car.
1: <laughs> yeah, and
0: then they they call you. Silly for having a <laughs> pile of cardboard that's worth more than the car, but it's fun to play.
3: Yeah, it's true. Hey, I mean, you can't really collect treasury bonds, right? <laughs> it's all not pa- anymore. It's all not paper. A, not with the yields on that. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> but ums finance joke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this just buy moxes. <laughs>
3: Uh, it's true. I, I love, uh, Forbes had an article a little while ago that listed, like, the top ten investments outside of the stock market, and Magic was on, it was, like, number seven. It's, it's crazy.
0: I, um, so I've been playing since Revised, and, uh, I took, like, a long break from, I don't know, maybe 2001 through 2009, and, um, I graduated from college and didn't really think I was gonna play, so I sold a lot of my cards, and, uh... I guess everybody everybody came back to the game around the same time that I did, and it's just it brings me back to when I was a kid playing cards with all my friends, and um, it was that shared culture with all the Legacy players. I, I don't really get that feeling with Standard or Modern, but as soon as you hit Legacy and Vintage, it, you're, you are playing against people that are there for the same reason that you're there for, and it, it's just a really good time.
3: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, the the, the legacy community just kind of has that indescribable spark that uh you know you don't really get so much from the other formats. You know, vintage I'm sure does too. I just haven't really immersed myself in the vintage community.
0: I I had my my first my first taste of vintage uh, at Eternal Weekend. I um I went out with a bunch of friends and uh, I don't re- I don't own any vintage cards, but um but. One of the people who I went out there with let me borrow their Jeskai mentor deck, and I got to play it on Sunday. And I ancestral recall targeting myself, <laughs> and I was thinking about I was thinking about what two cards to put back.
3: and then <gasps> I
0: smiled. I'm like, I don't have to put any cards back.
3: This is great. <laughs> uh, so many times I've had that where you brainstorm, you're like, I don't want to put any back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I love that Jeskai vintage list that Louis Scott Vargas posted it on Twitter a little while ago, and as soon as I saw them, I'm like if I was to play vintage, this is the deck I would play. It
0: it was super fun, and just to um just to to actually experience playing the format because I'd never actually gotten to before um was was great, and the same thing about the community with vintage, it's um the the people who are that invested in the game um to to play like that. They're there not to grind like standard modern players, but really to enjoy themselves and when when you watch people playing vintage you can see it.
3: Yeah, no one's there for the prize because chances are your deck is already worth ten times any prize payout. <laughs> yep. Uh, they're you not You don't
0: need to grind up when you already have everything.
3: Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh Pat, did you did you play any Legacy this week? He kind of quiet um, over there,
1: buddy. Yeah, no, I just I just played in the uh, the Community Legacy League on Wednesday that I streamed and did not do as hot as I did the previous week. Uh, ended up going uh, let me think I think I was one and two. Um, just uh, kind of ran into a pretty cold this like cold start and uh, just couldn't really make much of the night. But it was fine. It was still a lot of fun. Um, hoping to try to get up to uh, te this weekend? No,pe not this weekend. Maybe next weekend or the following. Uh, I got some craziness going on. Just with, I uh, got some home projects and uh, extra, you know, pulling extra hours at work and whatnot because it's been the holidays coming up and all that stuff. So, um, going gonna to be streaming again though. I'll be uh, online uh, doing the community Legacy league again on Wednesday. So I'll be doing that every Wednesday, eight thirty Eastern.
3: Nice. Well, 11- yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, let me know if you make it up to T cuz I want to I want to get up there too. Well, I got all these standard cards I need to sell. I don't know what
1: to do with them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you cracked open your your Kaladesh boosters? I did.
3: I cracked open all my Kaladesh boosters, and I was so happy. I got one of every vehicle and one of every dwarf, including the legendary dwarf. (laughs) So guess who has a red-white dwarf EDH deck sleeved up in hot pink sleeves? (laughs) This guy. You made, like, a tiny
1: leader's deck.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's technically a tiny leader's deck. I think there's only a couple cards over three converted mana cost.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Did you did you pull any inventions out of those?
3: Uh no invention. I have never opened a masterpiece
1: or an invention or
3: whatever they're oh. called. I've opened so many packs and I'm just nope, not gonna happen. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. my luck is only good for the battlefield, not in <laughs> opening packs.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can only like what was it? You like you split top at that uh Eternal Weekend, like, GPT tri- or whatever it was. Yeah, the and trial. Walking with, like, 100 packs. Yep. It was not, yeah. not the worst. <laughs> Rough life. Rough life. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't really
3: complain about not getting inventions in my free packs. <laughs> 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 uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely want to uh, get up and play some Paper Magic because the Magic I played on Thursday night was a laughable excuse. <laughs> Oh really <laughs> I, I was a bad person and the magic gods punished me for it. I <laughs> <laughs> so my friend Very Dan nice. who, yeah my friend Dan who I mentioned whos a, who's a pox player, he lent me his deck. <laughs> so I entered uh, black green pox into the event like uh, life in the loam, dark depths, smallpox, just kind of innocent blood, Lilianas, cabal therapies, just like a grindy miserable deck.
0: <laughs> you're you're a bad person.
3: I know, and I was punished. I was punished <laughs> so hard for it. Because <laughs> round one, I play Storm. and oh. Yeah, and so game one, he just Storms me on turn one, so I'm like, alright, scoop it all up. I board in my... It, the sideboard has four Leyline of the Voids, and two Helm of Obedience as an alternate win condition. And Leyline of the Void is great because I was versing the punishing uh the uh sorry, the Past and Flames uh Storm list. Uh and just didn't get any of it. But I had Raven's Crime, which is an awesome discard spell that lets you discard a land to play it from your graveyard, which is great in Pox because you have so many lands. I stripped the storm player's hand. He had zero cards in hand game two and I had a Sensei's Divining Top in play. <laughs> my opponent proceeds to top deck five perfect cards in a row while I draw absolute dog shit, even with Sensei's Divining Top helping me. <laughs> and my opponent just storms me out of the game after I've stripped his hand. Like, I, like, double him, Thought seized Raven's Crime. <laughs> Uh it was miserable. That's what you get for playing pox. That's what I get. It no, it it gets worse. That's that was oh, the no. that was the highlight of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Round 2, I play oops all spells. <laughs> oh. I play oops all spells, he oops me all, turn 1, uh, game 1. So I board in my four Leyline of the Void, and I'm actually feeling pretty good because Leyline of the Void is a straight up win condition against Oops All Spells. They can't win through it. They scoop it up if you if you reveal it opening hand. So I draw my seven, not there. Draw my six, not there. Five, four, three, two, one, I mole to one card. Do not <laughs> see the Leyline of the Void, despite there being four copies in the deck. <laughs> uh and he oopsed all over me
2: <laughs>
1: yeah i've had that happen i i, I feel you bro yeah
3: so i did as i am want to do and drown myself in sweet sweet foils <laughs> <laughs> got got a got a judge foil Vendillion click got some foil spell pierces and i went home early
0: well, it makes it feel like you won when you walk away with stuff. You don't have to tell anybody else that you bought it with your own money. You can just go home and be like, look what I got. And then going assume that you won them. So.
3: And then my roommate's like, stop showing me those crazy cards that you play. <laughs>
1: Is that the roommate who you fist bumped but was trying to show you his Boba Fett ring?
3: <laughs> yes. My <laughs> I have a new roommate, my old roommate moved in with his girlfriend, so I found a new roommate off of Craigslist, and his name's Diego, he's a great guy, but (laughs) he's from Brazil, and you know, he's he's working on his English, but uh, he came over, and I have this big, like, the Star Wars and New Hope, like, movie theater poster hanging in my living room, and he just, like, comes over to look at the apartment, and he just, like, points at the poster and goes, oh, I like this. I'm like, yeah, I like Star Wars too. This is gonna be great. And then he like puts his fist up. like, oh, we're going for the fist bump. And so, <laughs> for the and so, nerd
2: fist bump.
3: Yeah, go for the nerd fist bump. So I go, I go, I go for the nerd fist bump. And then he's like, oh, no, no, I'm. And he's like, he's showing me he has like a ring in the shape of Boba Fett. <laughs> showing it was just very awkward. I
1: just, I just love how awkward that must
3: have been. <laughs> Thank God there are no witnesses. <laughs>
1: That's,
0: that's when you just throw your other hand in there and yeah. you're like, <laughs> He's a Captain, a
1: Captain, Captain Planet! planet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so, Tom, I had a question for you. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you've had some really great success with the deck. I think, like, <clears even throat> one of the Legacy Opens from Star City, I think, is um, one of the biggest accomplishments you can have as a legacy player because i think the the opens represent um probably the highest level you know with the exception of like a gp that you have to play these you know to play this format um and what, what kind of advice would you give to someone who wants to kind of be in your shoes at some point like do you do you suggest that they stay with the same deck and just and practice 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 and like get on the source and just do a lot of research do you think that they should just try to play the best deck you know, statistically, the best deck. Like, what, what what kind of advice do you have for players who are out there who are playing the format, grinding away with their decks, but want to like kind of reach the next level? So it takes it takes
0: such a long time to um, to figure out the format because there are so many different decks that you have to know all the interactions of things like uh, Painter Servant and Enchantress and Storm. Like when I first started playing Legacy. I didn't know that you could stifle a storm trigger. Like I thought stifle was a one mana stone rain. So um I was playing a while ago and my opponent tendrils me and I just dropped my hand and I'm like, Great game and like he pointed to my stifle and I was like, Yeah, I just I couldn't I couldn't get any of your fetch lands with it and um and that was me, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago. Uh I feel like it's better to play different decks. Mm-hmm. because you get a feel for how other people are going to play against you. So if you can borrow one of your friend's decks and play in like a small Legacy tournament, it's just going to help you out when you play in the bigger ones. Um, the, the biggest thing is just how many reps that you can get in the format. Because like we're lucky, we're in the Northeast, there are five or six stores that have weekly Legacy tournaments. But in other parts of the country... The only legacy they can play is at a big event, um, so um, playing in the community legacy league that um, that's set up for leaving a legacy, um, using any of the other online programs just to test is a really is a really good way of getting into it. But especially legacy, the format and like success in it is really not just about knowing what your deck is doing. You have to understand how everybody else is going to sideboard against you and what their strategies are in order to like consistently do well, um, and that just takes time. Hmm. So that's that's my advice. I know it's not not great, but like, no, that's awesome. No, no, it's, it's, play it's pat.
1: Pat, just be well. better. No, that's great. I think just honestly, be better, one of the Pat. Things that I always hear, and I think it's worth it's definitely worth repeating because it is something that comes up again and again, and it's from different players. Anyone from you know someone who is doing well in FNM to people who are top-hitting, you know, opens to even, like, pros who are top aiding, you know, pro tours, is that, like, if you want to get better at magic, you just play more magic, right? Like, it's going to help you in the game, and that's what's going to ultimately bring you to the next level. So I think, I, and I definitely think you're right. Like, the legacy format is so deep, and that's something that I've really, I think, like, if you, if you listen, you know, someone who's listened to the cast since I came on, like, you know, a year ago or a year and a half ago, whatever, can see how that's, how that's progressed for me and like learning the format and learning the metagame and learning the, the interactions of decks and it, and every time I go to play, I'm still learning every single time. So no, I think that's great advice, man. I really, I really appreciate, um, I really appreciate it. Yeah.
0: I, um, the reason why I love legacy so much is, uh, I like, I get to play magic for half the year. Um, I coach high school basketball and then baseball. So I don't really have a ton of time during the season to actually play. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, Legacy changes, but not as quickly as the other formats. So when I get my six months to play out of the year, the the repetitions and the matches that I played last year are still going to be relevant to what I'm doing this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice.
0: But definitely, definitely watch Pat stream <laughs> in the Community <laughs> Legacy League because it's awesome. It's basically like
1: <laughs> everybody
0: who is part of the podcast in chat
1: um shouting out things to do. It's it's, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely been a lot of fun.
3: I'm just I'm just standing behind him shouting be better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's what everyone in chat is doing too like, why are you making these terrible decisions? <laughs> no, but it's it's been great. It's it's everyone's very supportive and like it's uh you know, I've definitely uh I've had weeks where I've played really well and I feel like I've played pretty tight and then weeks where you sit down to play, and you're like, "Oh man, I'm like, I, re- I want to stream and I want to talk to people, but I don't want to think too much about what I'm doing." I've just uh, definitely punted games away by just just playing very poorly. So, <laughs> so it's been uh, it's definitely been a good learning experience, but it is a lot of fun. So, and I appreciate the shout out. And definitely, if you're if you're around on Wednesdays and you want to, uh, if you have nothing to do or you want to just kind of berate somebody, tune in tune into my <laughs> Twitch.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, but I um
0: I so I watched. I came back home like super late last night and pretty much slept all day, and I got to uh, I got to watch the stream match that I played, and I saw I saw a bunch of bunch of people from the cast in the um, in the Twitch chat, <laughs> and I was sort of fist pumping, and that was great.
1: Nice, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I was def- I'm definitely rooting for you guys. I, I was really excited to see two local guys in the top eight of a of a of an open that you know it's it's all awesome to see it's I, great to see that
3: i know my face my facebook notifications were exploding with everyone uh <laughs> <laughs> it's like blake blake was like you guys like little personal cheerleader
0: <laughs> we're we're so fortunate to be in an area that um that has that much legacy um just the group of players that is around here that's in the format is uh it makes it a lot of fun to play they wouldn't be like that if the the people who are showing up to the local events were were jerks and it's definitely not like that.
3: Scumbags.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can get blood moon on one and you still like your opponent. That's like <laughs> Good old Zach. I knew exactly
3: what you're talking
2: about.
3: So. Zach, I hate you, but I love you. <laughs>
1: Jerry becomes Italian when he gets blood (laughs) (laughs) moon when the moon hits (laughs) all your lands turn red so
0: now you have
3: the body to tap on yeah Uh, Trying to come up with a freestyle uh, that's a moray blood moon spoof, but not that talented I'm sorry guys (laughs) it's
1: alright Jerry we didn't expect much of you so it's fine (laughs) ouch (laughs) ouch
3: Oh uh, damn! Well, Tom, anything else you wanted to go over tonight? Anything you were dying to talk about?
0: No, I'm um, I uh, again very happy that you guys had me on. I think I think we I got all of the stuff that I wanted to say out of it. Definitely wanted to give um a shout or scoop, not a shout out, <laughs> a scoop to uh, to Ian, um, because he was really the person that um. Uh, like brought up playing Stifle in the deck. We worked on this deck um, a lot together, and uh, and that's just one of the MVPs for me. So um, so big big scoop to him.
1: <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, when I saw your list, the list you were playing, I was like, man, this looks a lot like Ian's list that he runs. Yeah, I you think know? I think we um we
0: found it at about the same time from the same person that was playing it online, mm-hmm. and um and then we sort of got together and um and worked on it. And that's it came awesome. out like I don't know if I'd change any of the cards in it from the list that's right now. Uh, the deck is
1: really good. That's great. That's great. Do you think that this is a deck that could be, you know, like one of the staples of the format, like one of the top five or six like metagame decks, or do you think it's like one of the decks where you kind of just have to run hot and really know your matchups well and get the right matchups to be able to 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 get there? I think you. I think you definitely
0: need to. You definitely need to run hot and to do well at a big event like that you have to run hot. Um, to Just to think about going 12-2 in Swiss, you can have a very good deck, but if you lose three coin flips, then you're out of top eight. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like the deck is consistent enough to be hot, uh, but th- to you, things have to go your way, and a lot of times you'll show up with a good deck, and you'll get stormed out, and then you'll get oopsed, all spells. And
3: then, <laughs> hey, hey, and, you're giving me too much credit. On. I did not show up with yeah. a good deck. <laughs> <laughs> I showed up playing Pox. I knew what I was going to do.
0: So I was very fortunate to not play against Pox because i I think. <laughs> That I could not beat Pox with this deck. It would be very difficult.
3: Yeah, I think you're actually what Pox wants to play against. (laughs) It's like, fair mid-range decks ripe to be picked off and destroyed.
0: (laughs) Yep, just get your two-for-one off the mana dork in the land, and True Name doesn't really care about Diabolic Diabolic Edict and Smallpox.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's like, none of their removal is targeted, so it's actually probably the best deck to handle True Name Nemesis. You know, 12, yep. 12 edict effects main deck.
0: <laughs> and then you, you have to, like, you have to give the stare to your opponent and just try to figure out whether or not they can afford to have a tabernacle in their deck before you
3: make it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, his sweater's a little ratty, but those are leather shoes. <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> I've definitely
0: definitely made the wrong decision on that a few times like oh okay no tabernacle from this guy nope I was wrong
3: slam the tabernacle <laughs> yep I was well, that's trying why
0: you, that's why you can't afford better lands and you're playing with your revised basics yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe they did that on purpose and
3: right just got that's, Mis- mismatching revised happened. basics <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, pat you got any scoops today uh yeah i'll, I'll scoop in you tom thanks again for coming on man it's awesome to talk to you i love being able to bring on local people from the scene the scene around here who are having great success in the format and just like kind of like get your get your names out there and also get a chance to sort of pick your brain about the format it's always uh, very enlightening for me um, I also wanted to scoop in uh, the ultimate winner of the uh, the Baltimore Open, uh, John Orr, who's another local who, we're like I said, we're going to talk to next week, give him an early scoop in the top eight, even though he doesn't really need it. Um, and then uh, Cedric Phillips and Craig Kremples did a phenomenal job commentating uh, the Open this weekend. So even though Star City kind of like kicked a little sand in our eyes, you know, no, no hard feelings. That, yeah, I understand why they have to cut back on legacy uh, support, but... Um, for oh. sure, going to give them a scoop in because they did just a phenomenal job. Uh-
0: no, don't don't scoop those in. Those guys laughed at me for <laughs> no. like thirty no. for thirty straight seconds when my <laughs> when my true name got got counted off the blind flip on the counterbalance. Like there were no, there were no words. So like, think, the commentator was just them laughing. He he would just want to jam the three drop because there aren't many threes in the counterbalance list, and then. I played it, and then just 30 seconds of laughter <laughs> at, and me, me putting my, my true name in the, in the All right, so, you,
1: so I'm going to resent my scoop. It's going <laughs> to be a dream crush. Yeah, dream
3: crush, SCG.
1: <laughs>
3: know who you can scoop in, Pat? Uh, scoop in Tales of Adventure for stepping up, and Tales of Adventure announces that, announced that they're going to start a legacy tour.
1: Yeah, so uh, um, definitely. Uh, we talked about that last week. Actually, I talked about that on... I don't think I talked about it in this cast. I did guest again on uh, Legacy Weapon, and uh, we did have a discussion about the expanded uh, support from Tales of Adventure. So absolutely, yeah, Jerry, you're, you nailed it right there, man. Scooping scoop the top eight, to Tales of Adventure for uh, really expanding their expanding their support for the format, um, doing a bunch of really cool things to get uh, like local stores into hosting like these. I guess they're similar to an IQ. Um, for like the Tales of Adventure Eternal Weekends uh, events. Um, so yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, you you nailed it, man. Hundred percent scooping the top eight to t- toa, because yeah, they also always put on an awesome event. I love going to they Tales of Adventure events. They do, they do. I wish if we could get like the production value of the S C G tour and the support and like the tenacity to run legacy events like Tales of Adventure. I mean, that that'd be quite the dynamic. Certainly would. Except not not as much laughing at poor Tom for getting blind flipped.
3: I know that's kind of fun. That's kind of funny.
1: (laughs) It is is kind of funny. Now I feel bad.
0: I I remember like frowning as I was putting it in the graveyard, but I never I never knew what I looked like when I was truly sad until I walked myself on stream.
3: That's spinning, like the most ex- hard. most existential like comment. I never knew what I looked like sad before
1: until I saw myself on the Star City stream. You should like like screenshot that picture, make you a new Facebook profile. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, oh, this, this is, is what, this I what I look like
3: when I'm sad.
1: <laughs> I um like obviously I I love it
0: when uh when I get like a bunch of Facebook notifications after I after I do well at a tournament um but. I have a whole bunch of people on my Facebook that I work with that like don't don't have any idea what any of this stuff is about. Yep. So I can just imagine imagine one of the other teachers like looking and being like, "Hmm, what's why are all these people making comments about Harambe on your Facebook?" Page? <laughs> There's <laughs> definitely definitely like a clash. There's a culture clash when uh, it comes to when it comes to all that stuff. Yeah.
2: I hear
3: that. <laughs> 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 I keep the I keep my magic life and my personal life very separate and I always find it funny like when people I've met through the cast like like things on my Facebook page that are totally unrelated, which is totally cool. But I'm just like my worlds are colliding right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you're like, you don't know how to feel about it, right? You're like, this oh, it's so weird.
3: Yeah, Very weird. I don't like my
1: gravy and my mashed potatoes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what is it like? One of my one of my exes I dated for six months never knew I played. Just told her I kept going on business trips. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so actually, I don't want to make this go on too long, but um, but I have a funny story to tell about that. Yeah. So, um, I. Was playing Cobblade during Cobblade times and met my now wife, and we started dating. And uh, and uh, I stopped playing Magic. We were going out. I didn't. I didn't really want to ruin anything, so I didn't want to say, "Oh, I'm going to go play cards <laughs> I'm, on Friday." I'm a
3: super nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, I didn't want to break that yet. Um, and uh, a bunch of people left Facebook messages like, "Hey, like we really miss you playing cards on Friday." And I tried to like sort of like sweep it under the rug and uh, and sort of pass it off, but one day uh, she was like, "What? What's wrong with you? You're really, you're really down today. Something something happened, and like just let me know." So um, so that was the day that, that Stoneforge and Jace got banned in Standard. <laughs> <laughs> did
1: your did your aunt die? No. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, well, alright,
0: I I have something to tell you, and she was like, oh no, like what, like what is this? And uh, I pulled out some videos, some videos of like me on stream playing, and I was like, so I kind of play this game, and she's like, oh, I I really kind of like games like this, will you show me how to play? And like, my... (laughs) I didn't I didn't throw my hands in the air but mentally I threw I found my one. hands in the air I, I found like, yes. the one
3: <laughs> uh, And and you proposed the next day No it,
0: well I mean yeah I was well, like, yeah, okay, yeah. I married as soon as you beat me in a game of magic and
3: <laughs> that, went, was that in the vows? All,
0: yeah <laughs> Um yeah but it's been it's been great. She actually um she would come with me away on um, on weekends when I would want to play, um, and would just like humor me and play in the events and uh, and did well for herself. She won a Beta Mox Ruby. Damn, <laughs> um,
3: She's doing better than
0: like, me. <laughs> like, yeah, just like just <laughs> absolutely crushed the tournament. I went like 0-3 drop and she went undefeated and um, and uh, crushed the top eight. And I was like, hmm, well, I guess I guess I, taught, I guess I taught her pretty well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man, Tom Smiley Jr., your 2036 Pro Tour champion. <laughs> 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 uh, well, we'll
0: see what happens. Uh, well, some... I, uh, I, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, with, with pedigree like that just double magic playing parents you can't go wrong yeah
0: like playing playing Legacy by 11
3: yeah <laughs> we teethed him on Black Lotus hey, I'm, sorry,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm getting Liam his first place at a Goblin Guide so that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good place to start right uh, that's right
3: excellent well Tom anyone uh, besides Ian anyone else you want to scoop in
0: um oh wow there would be too many people, so um, I'm going to scoop in both of you guys for having me on. This was this was a blast. I love listening to the cast, and it was great to um, it was great to come on here. So thank thank both of you, and thank um, uh, Adrian, who um, hasn't finished his bathroom or did <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: I think he finished it well, and then re- then then demoed it, and he started it again. And okay,
0: yeah, it's one of those, <laughs> yeah.
1: One of those situations. But um, but I love the cast,
0: and thank you guys for having me on.
3: Awesome. Well, I'm going to scoop you in, Tom. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been a blast. Uh, also, Pat, I'll give you a scoop in. I guess you earned it today. Yay! You did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to scoop Joel Michael in, just for being cool. <laughs> uh, and we going to roll some dice? Yeah, man. Go for it. Boom. Here we go. Uh, before we do, Tom, is there anyone you're hoping for? What what number are you hoping for on the list?
0: So I let me take a look at what we actually have here. Uh, there are a lot of them that I'm hoping that you don't roll. <laughs> that's, There's some
3: stinkers that's for
0: sure. Um, <laughs> so let's let's see what happens and uh, <laughs> and. And if I disconnect from the call, then you
3: know, that's not what I want to be <laughs> uh, Here we go. We got three. Oh, this God is a good one. God fucking damn it. Oh, wait, no, no! God no! I was looking at four! Four is great! Ben! Ben Gardner, the end of the world as we know it, is not what we're listening to. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh uh, well Aaron and Joshua Millard are gonna be super happy.
1: I think I think Aaron is just like the Joker in this and that he <laughs> wants to watch the world burn. Right? Like.
3: Cause everyone get ready for all out of love by uh. air supply. <laughs> Fucker.
1: Fucker. God damn it, Aaron. <laughs> Uh, at least I get to delete the comment and it'll never come up again. Yeah, <laughs> for real, erase the memory. <laughs> oh, jeez.
3: Uh, are we gonna do Twitter handles and all that?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Tom, do you have like a Twitter handle? I know you're on the Facebook page, but
3: yeah, I um. So I have a Twitter,
1: <laughs> but I, I don't I don't even know what my
0: handle is. I hardly ever <laughs> use it. Um. So the best way to get in touch with me is is through Facebook. Awesome. Uh, just look me up. Look me up through the group. Shoot me messages. I'll respond.
3: Yeah. Also, if uh, anyone has questions, feel free start a Bant Deathblade thread in the Facebook group and have everyone weigh in.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Pat, awesome. what's yeah, your Twitter? Uh, yeah, so you can find me uh, at PatUglo on Twitter, um, uh, twitch.tv slash PatUglo uh, for watching me to stream. Um, You can find Adrian at Mathematrickster on Twitter as well. And you can search for Leaving a Legacy MTG uh, for the Facebook group. And you can find us on Facebook and talk to us there.
3: Yeah. Uh, Also, stop sending me hate mail on Twitter directed at Pat. (laughs) I get all these messages like, oh, man, the editing was pretty subpar this episode. I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't do it. (laughs) Go talk to Pat. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's like a one man it's like a one man wrecking crew over here at the <laughs> Eagle House, so I do what I can. I do what I can, you know.
3: Sorry. Uh, it's fine. I'm I'm happy to take the brunt of it for you, Pat. <laughs> uh, yeah, <sure>, sure. yeah. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Uh, I'm at J
1: M E E three R D on the Twitters. All right. And uh, for everyone uh you know just you can just shut this off now. You don't have to listen to the last song. All right? Yeah. Just All right.
3: Or feel free to uh, break out your lighters and wave them in the air. Or
1: use it to light your phone on fire. <laughs> to listen to this song. <laughs> Or your or your face. <laughs> <laughs> or let yourself on fire. Even better. Yeah, Who better. knows what's going to happen after this election. So. <laughs> uh,
3: good. <laughs> I'm
2: lying alone with my head on the phone of you till it hurts. I know you hurt too, but what else can we do? Tormented and torn apart. I wish I could carry your smile in my heart for times when my life seems so low. Say that I was so wrong I want you to come back And carry me home Away from these long, lonely nights I'm reaching for you Are you feeling it too? Does the feeling seem oh so right? And what would you say If I called on you now And said that I way.